my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope you're all having an absolutely fantastic Friday today. You guys are staying strong and healthy as you are every single day. And be sure if you need anything, give us a call at Health Masters or email us or check out the website at healthmasters.com and grab anything that you may need. Also, too, the vitamin C on sale product of the week. Be sure to check it out now for over 10% off on the front webpage at healthmasters.com, along with the new joint rebuilding formula as well that's on there. You can be sure to check out over the weekend. And getting into news right out of the gates, we've got a bunch of stuff going on today. And this is one of the first things I really wanted to address is, you know, I've told people over the last couple of years that with what we've been seeing with the complete lawlessness in a lot of major cities – is going to get worse. It's just something to be prepared for, something to adapt to. You understand that, as I've talked about repeatedly, situations like that are one of the biggest things that you can be prepared for to handle and control, to not be a victim. You've got to go into a situation, whether or not you even know the situation is going to occur, whether or not you're just going out somewhere to go shopping or you're getting gas. You've got to decide before you leave your house if you're going to be a victim or you're not going to be a victim. Flat out. It's a mindset because the mindset is what changes everything. You decide whether or not you're going to fight, you're going to be ready, or you're going to live nonchalantly you know, with your head in the sand and just pretend everything's good until something's not, and then you just continue to ignore it. Well, there's a video that surfaced now that, was, that came out of Westport, Connecticut. It was pretty disturbing footage, and it shows you how aggressive these criminals are getting. And uh, it's a ring camera footage from inside this guy's garage, okay? And this is a pretty, like, like well, well, like, nice neighborhood. I mean, these guys, they they have some money. In his garage, he's got, like, a Lamborghini Urus. He's got an Aston Martin. He's got a Ferrari. He's got some other car in there. It's like a four-car garage. Well, he's getting in his Aston Martin. And two guys walk up. I can't. There's no camera footage from the street, so I don't know if they pulled up in a car, if they walked, if there was a fence. I, that's to be determined. And they straight up just to take his car. I mean, straight up hit him in the face. He's fighting them. They're pushing him back out of his car. He and I'll give him credit. He puts up a best fight he can against two people, and he's basically not armed. But that was the key point. He's on his property. These guys come in. I don't know if they had a firearm or not. I think one of them looked like they had a knife or a weapon. It's hard to tell in the footage, though, and uh, they just straight up steal his car, and he puts up a fight for about a minute, and then uh, finally they get the car started. They back out, and uh, they just run off with his Aston Martin. And it looks like a, like an Aston Martin Vanquish. It's a pretty nice car, probably you know $200,000 car. And what's crazy to me about this is now is that I've seen this happen a lot where individuals that essentially live in this kind of ivory tower mindset or they've grown up with a lot of money or they basically have a lot of stuff – they think that this world is this, you know, this this euphoria of everybody just lives in this happy little world and they live in their happy little subdivision with their happy little neighbors and they don't realize how dark and violent the rest of the world actually is. This is why I've told you guys before, I've had conversations with private schools before and you know, private co-op schools with you know the administrators where they've argued with me before as I've encouraged them, you need to make sure we have law enforcement security here. And, oh, we don't need that. Nothing bad's going to happen. I was looking at him and shake my head. I said, do you realize where we live? I said, this is the state of Florida. I said, yeah, everybody's carrying guns. I said, but that's because everybody's carrying guns. <laughs> I said, you, you, you're a fool not to have private security here or law enforcement security here while you've got 80, 90, 100 kids at the school with no hard target security whatsoever. Nothing, nobody. And so this is something that people need to be aware of, especially if you have nicer neighborhoods, you have nicer higher-end cars. 
You need to do a threat assessment in your area. I tell people this all the time. My buddy Jeff says this. He actually used to do this on the side for people as far as a side job where hiring individuals, higher net worth would actually hire him to come out and he would work with security firms as far as on putting up, you know, soft target barricades, whether it be fencing, whether it be gate systems, whether it be perimeter lights, whether it be alarm systems, whether it be cameras, everything and evaluate and assessing it pretty much, you know, where your risk spots are, where your softest points are, what is the probability, you know, as far as timing, if somebody tries to breach your property. And that's kind of the point of what you look at is it's not the fact that if somebody wants to get in, they can't get in. It's the fact of how much can you slow them down before they get to you and they close the gap where you have enough time to address and basically engage them with whatever force may be necessary. And so like this guy with Aston Martin, the fact that he's up there and he's not carrying a firearm. Well, that's his choice. The problem is he lives in a communist state like Connecticut. They were the state that went in and wanted to ban basically every type of legitimate firearm after Sandy Hook. I'm not going to get into that whole debacle. You guys already know my stance on that. But this is where the situation is. And so this is, again, why I encourage people, make sure you really use you know, situational awareness when your place is even at your home. Keep an eye on stuff. If you don't have fencing, if you don't have anything to slow somebody down, then you really need to make sure you keep an eye on stuff on a regular basis. Another thing that's great security is a good security dog that's well-trained and great with the family and safe for the family, but can also alert and be a deterrent. I've seen in numerous cases, my buddy who's basically SWAT team leader on the Polk County Sheriff's Department, he's told me multiple times one of the most effective things you can do is have a security dog at your house that basically knows how to run around outside. It doesn't even matter. They don't have to be some you know canine SWAT dog that's designed to attack people. It's nothing that. It's just a deterrent and an alert device because the vast majority of criminals do not want to have a serious engagement, especially with dogs. you got a 100-pound dog sitting there and he's barking at you, and you're about to go on the property to try to steal something, you're probably going to look at it and go, you know what, this is not the house to rob. This really isn't the place that I want to go mess with right now. Now i got to deal with this dog on top of everything else, and he's barking and making noise. Now everybody on the property is now alerted that my dog is hacked off and that he's basically barking. You know, My dog is very, very trained very well now for the most part. He listens very good. Land took him to obedience school. He was rambunctious before at first. But it's interesting now as he's gotten older, he's becoming much more alert of situational awareness on the property and people that he doesn't know and barking and stuff. And so it's really important when you start looking at these things, as situations start to escalate and you see stuff like this, don't look at it as, oh, my gosh, that's scary. These guys, these are two thugs. They're nobodies. They wanted to rob this car. It was a basically an opportunity crime. They saw it. Easy target. They took it. Don't be a target. Don't be a victim. Like Dad said before, if you're out and about and you see somebody and they're eyeballing you or they're scoping you out, make direct eye contact with them. And you let them know. They'll look at you. And if you know what you're looking like, they'll look at you. Ah, this guy This guy now notices me. You know, Pat McNamara, retired Green Beret, he talked about this in detail in one of the pistol classes that I took with him. He said one of the things you can do all the time when you do an assessment when you're out and about you park, he said, is look around you. Do you know perimeter check? And on top of that, if you see somebody looking shady, let them know that you see them. Let them know that they know that you're not a victim and you've now engaged them if they want to come towards you because situations like this happen very, very quickly. And like I said, this guy did the best he could to fight these guys off. He didn't like he had much training at all, kind of did whatever he could. But again, at the end of the day, it's a car. They stole it. He didn't die. But could it have gone a lot better and been more deterrent? So the problem is now with these criminals, this again now is another reinforcement. Now they just stole $200,000 Aston Martin. 
They're going to go tell all their friends about it at the chop shop. They're not going to tell all their friends about his other cars. They're going to tell everybody about the neighborhood and how easy it was to steal this car. And you start having a very, very bad problem. Now, if it would have gone a different way and these guys came in armed and they tried to steal his Aston Martin and he'd been carrying, you know, he had Glock 43X with him and he knew how to train and he would have dropped them on his property when they tried to assault him and steal him and hurt him. Well, all of a sudden, it'd been all over the news, you know, exotic car owner kills two armed robbers that were trying to break into his house. Well, that's that's a completely different story. And that lets everybody else know in the world, in the city, in the town, that he's not going to be a victim, and you better sure as heck not go try to steal one of his cars because you're going to leave in a body bag. And for some odd reason, that is the only thing that some people understand. The only way to prevent violence is to be able to be violent in some cases. You don't have to agree with that, but it's a fact of life. And so there's certain things in certain times, in certain places, where you have to understand what you have to do to protect your family, whether or not it may be a good thing or a bad thing. You have to be capable of understanding. So again, this is why I encourage you, make sure you're staying training, make sure you're staying active, make sure you're staying situationally aware in situations when you go out and about. Just my two cents I want to address on that right now. Also, to another news, here's the sentiment for what's going on in Ukraine is starting to get more and more negative. I guess after a year and a half of endless amounts of money and armaments from every country, people are starting to realize that this whole thing's a sham. Could have told you that 12 months ago, but Senator Rand Paul now has basically doubled down in a meeting saying that he is trying to block any more funding going to Ukraine whatsoever. He's blasted the leader of a corrupt regime begging for more money. He said it's not even just going to be armaments. He goes, we realize we're funding the pension of their government workers, and we complain about bloated government here. They've got insanely bloated government there that's even more corrupt. And the American taxpayer, people struggling in our country, we're asking them to fund it, and it's completely wrong. He noted that Zelensky canceled the democracy in this country. He said they canceled the elections because they're in a state of war. He said they're continuing to fund the government and the pensions and continuing to give raises to officials that are in the government while the United States is going through a massive recession right now with massive inflation rates. And we're basically funding an entire country's government because we're in bed with them as one of the most corrupt countries in the entire world, as was listed per pre, pre-war over there. And so I hope some people in Congress actually start waking up and do something about this. Unfortunately, probably not going to happen because, in my opinion, I feel like a lot of these guys in Congress and Senate are probably on the take with this, and they know what's going on, and they're getting kickbacks and offshore accounts. Again, my opinion, not telling anybody that's what's going on, but that's my opinion. When you start seeing so many representatives that refuse to even discuss it and continually support it, it's almost like they have a monetary incentive to keep this money flowing over there. Just my two cents on that. What do you think, Dad? How are you doing this morning? Well, I've, I've been on the – I've told everybody since the very beginning I don't believe anything I hear from over there. I don't believe it. I don't believe any of it. Uh, yeah, I believe there's skirmishes going on. They've been going on for since 2014, and I believe that people are being killed over there. I believe all that. But as far as a full-scale war, it's not happening over there, period. I mean I've spoken to multiple, multiple people now that have left Ukraine, and you know, and they have not seen any of this full-scale war, none of them, not one. Yeah, you know, both men and female, male and females. They haven't seen anything. Now they've heard about it. They've heard about it from their friends, but they have not personally witnessed it. They may see a little smoke on the horizon or something like that, but they're not seeing, you know, what we're hearing about in the news. And again, this is a giant money laundering weapons scam, shipping weapons all over third world countries with this, probably getting ready for their great reset 
out of chaos will come their new world order. They had to have an excuse to be able to send all this money and all these weapons all over the world, and they did. And you know, it's a black market thing. I mean, there's so many armaments that have been sent into Ukraine now that there's no way that there wouldn't be a full-scale war going on over there if it was actually being utilized. But it's not. So again, they've been the shelling of the Donbass region has been increased since 2014. I mean, this, this is the United States CIA doing all this stuff, by the way. And then Putin is just kind of chilling out over there. I guess he's getting you know more and more money on the take with what he's doing, and he's not really going in with a full-scale war. And there's no other excuse for that. I mean, Russia's army is vast. They could have come in and just walked through Ukraine if they wanted to, but they didn't do it. It's all part of this obfuscation, the machinations behind the scene of what's really going on from the world standpoint. Because all the stuff, the lies, the literally trillions of dollars the world has sent over there to Ukraine, the huge amount of armament and weapons, where did it all go? I mean, they had they had enough to fight World War III over there. I haven't, they haven't used it, well, because they haven't been using it. And, and that's the problem. You know, and, and Zelensky, the, the gay guy that likes to use his private parts to play the piano, just thought I'd mention that, running around in high heels and leathers, and just thought I'd mention that, and dancing like he's an unbelievable flaming yeah, you know, one of those. And the problem is with all this stuff is we pretend like it's not happening or we don't know about it. Just the other day, I was telling somebody about his flaming black leather high-heeled outfits. And they said, oh, no, that's not true. That's not true. And I pulled it up and showed it to them. Here it is. Oh, that's that's Photoshop. That's AI. That's, that's all fake. I said, uh, no, that's not fake. That's who you're supporting in Ukraine. Well, that's not true. If that, if that was true, I wouldn't do it. I'm like, well, why don't you just do some research? Of course, never heard back from them. Because they don't want to believe that they're delusions. You know, you know. One time I was I was watching this John Wayne movie. I remember that it was, it was a good movie, and uh, it was from from the '60s, I guess. And it, it had several good actors. One of them who had, had been in with Steve McQueen uh, in that one movie about eating all the eggs. I forgot the name of that movie. And uh, you know, Steve McQueen and, and the end gets killed. But what, what was interesting about this? Cool Hand Luke. What wasn't Steve McQueen? It was, it was uh, Paul Newman. And it was Cool Hand Luke, the other actor with him on that. And it was interesting because, you know, I was watching this John Wayne movie with the same actor, and the guy goes, uh, you know, let me have my delusions. You know, you, you're taking my delusions away. And I just laughed. And I thought, wow, would he really say that? Light has come into the world, but the world has preferred the darkness. The truth has come into the world, but the world would rather have their delusions. They'd rather believe that they can, you know, work 100 hours a week and, you know, and make it in society when they're working for Sabbatan, Kabbalist, Luciferian, synagogue of Satan weirdos that are only using them, you know, to basically get the, what they want so they can burn them out and put somebody else in that position. They want to believe they can do all these different things, you know, through hard work and not realize it's not by power, it's not by might, it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. You know, I remember when I was 27 years old, man, I was working 100-hour work weeks. I had all these lofty goals, man, I was going, 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 and I came down with heart disease. Almost checked out, by the way. I was in bed for three months. And I learned very, very quickly that you can do it yourself if you want to try to do it in your own power. But it's extremely costly and extremely dangerous and extremely mind-numbingly, how should I say, debilitating when you come down with a serious disease. And I've seen people do this over and over again. They work themselves literally to death. And you think, well, how in the heck did that happen? Well, because they believe the lie of stuff. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to stop for one second and just talk about stuff. You know, uh, the other day I was talking to this young lady that I was going out with for a short period of time. I no longer am seeing her. And she has some Chanel purses. 
I know Chanel purses, you know, apparently she'd saved up money or put on put them on credit cards or whatever. And they're worth about what they paid for them. And these are, I'm talking like five thousand dollar purses. This is to me, this is so ludicrous, it's mind boggling. Well, she got twenty five thousand dollars in credit card debt. Well, she could liquidate her purses and she could pay off all the credit card debt. These purses have become idols. They become trophies to her. And and they and they just basically they rule her life. I mean, she has full display cases built into the walls. It looks like a Chanel showroom. And you think, well, you gotta be kidding, Ted. You're exaggerating. I'm not exaggerating, guys. And and the part that I'm trying to say is this: God doesn't care if you have stuff. He just doesn't want to have stuff to have you. Period. That could be that could be cars, a house, vacation home, boat, or whatever. Doesn't make any difference. Or a Chanel purse. And finally, I told her. She said, "Well, these purses are worth, you know, what I paid for them. They're worth like, you know, you know, fifty thousand dollars or whatever for all these purses she has." And I said, "Well, why don't you liquidate the purses?" at least five of them, and pay off your $25,000 in credit card debt. Because right now, at 30% interest on this, you're paying about $7,500 per year just in interest on these purses. You know, you're paying almost you know, $650 a month just to own the purses in interest. She goes, oh, no, no, I would never do that. This, 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 this is something that I want to have. And these, are, these are my goals. And they're, well, they're not goals. They're idols. They're trophies. And see, and this is the problem that we have in life, isn't it? The world and its things and the stuff – you know, it's very appealing to you when you when you get the stuff. It is, especially when you're younger, especially if you were born in a situation where you didn't have a lot of stuff or you struggled financially. You, you really want to have stuff so you don't struggle anymore. But then after you get stuff, you start to realize with stuff comes tremendous amount of maintenance. If you've got a big house and, and they're nice to have, but they're very expensive to maintain, very expensive to insure, very expensive on maintenance and what you have to do to maintain them. You start to realize just maybe I don't need all this stuff, and then you have to get then you have to start getting mini warehouses. You know, this is the crazy part. People do this all the time, and we have that mini warehouse got built across the street because you get more stuff, and you don't know what to do with stuff, so you got to store because you can't sell the stuff because it's it's part of your collection. And you get another mini warehouse, you get another another, another mini warehouse, you get another mini warehouse. Finally, you to the point where you can't afford the mini warehouses anymore, and they auction off the contents on you, and you're like, well, where would all that stuff go? You know, and this this is what's interesting to me is that when you really understand who and what is doing this, as far as the media is pushing you to buy more stuff, the media is pushing you to work your butt off and basically kill yourself at a very young age. The media wants you because it's owned by the same Sabbatean, Kabbalist, Luciferian, synagogue of Satan people that own the stuff that you're buying to spend your entire life in search of stuff to buy more stuff. And I'm here to tell you, the stuff will not bring you happiness. Because stuff is based on happenings. Every time something happens, when you buy stuff, you have that feeling on the inside of it, an endorphin release. You go, wow, I've got this new boat. I've got this new car. I've got this new watch. I've got this new whatever you bought. It doesn't make any difference. Now, all of a sudden, it's like, well, after a couple of months, the stuff wears off. No, you, don't, you no longer have the happiness. You no longer have the endorphins coming from that. So now you say, well, i got to get more stuff. Ah, I just touched it, didn't I? I did, didn't I? That was it. It's the constant trying to be happy and be at peace. That's why you have a Chanel collection. That's why you have a purse collection. That's why you have a car collection. If I buy one more car, if I buy one more purse, if I buy one more watch, if I buy one more anything, it's going to bring me happiness. Let me tell you something. When you die and you pass away, I can guarantee you, you're not going to be pulling a U-Haul behind your hearse. You're leaving it all behind. And the only thing that matters is what you do for God while you're here. Because remember, this stuff that we have, it's not a big deal, but it becomes a maintenance nightmare for you. But it can't be your idol or your God. It can't be that for you.
because it's not by power, it's not by might, it's by my spirit, saith the Lord, it's not by stuff, okay? And God's spirit, when it indwells in you, gives you the righteousness, peace, and joy that you're not going to get from stuff. And that's what, that's what I always tell folks. Is, you know, I'd rather, you know, what, what, did, what did Solomon say in Ecclesiastes? He said, better one handful with peace and tranquility than two handfuls with strife and chasing after the wind. And there are some people out there that never get enough stuff. This is what this was Lucifer's deal. You know, Adam and Eve, interesting. Eve had everything. She had this hunk called Adam. You know, she owned the planet. They owned the world. They were in the Garden of Eden. They could do anything they wanted to do. She was like a godlike being like Adam was. But she didn't have enough stuff. She had to have the tree from the knowledge of good and evil. And she had to be beguiled by Lucifer to get more stuff, I guess. And so it goes back to the very, very beginning with the stuff. You want more, you want more, you want more, you want more. I'm here to tell you guys, it's the righteousness, peace, and joy through the filling of the Holy Spirit and the peace that comes from God's Holy Spirit in you and the tranquility that you get from that that allows you to have a really good life. It really does. And other than that, all you're going to be doing is chasing and chasing and chasing and chasing after more stuff and more maintenance and more everything else. It's not worth it. I'm here to tell you. You know, I lived the first part of my life, you know, just working, 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 working. I mean, I mean, Austin remembers the days being the motorhome and we'd be doing a book tour, you know, CD tour. And we'd be doing loops all around the country and doing seminars all over the country and go, 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 go. And it was okay. I enjoyed it because I enjoyed doing stuff. And I like being productive and I like achieving a worthwhile goal or objective. I like doing that. But then you start to realize that maybe it's more important to spend more time with the family. Maybe it's more important to take a vacation with the family. Maybe it's more important to sit down and have a Bible study with the family every day than go out and have more stuff and more stuff. Because listen to me, I've raised four kids. They're all adults now. you know, And I spent a lot of time with them when they were young. And those are the memories that I can never, ever have taken away from me. And I love what I did and how much time I spent with the kids. I mean, nobody on their deathbed unless there's absolutely dumber than a box of rocks and completely filled with just greed and avarice, is going to say, man, I wish I'd have spent more time at the office and getting more stuff and less time with my family. Invariably, it's the exact opposite, isn't it? Oh, gosh, I wish I'd have spent more time with the family. I wish I'd have spent more time with my wife. I wish I'd have spent more time with my loved ones and the people that really I really care about that are here with me right now rather than working 70, 80, 90, 100 hours a week at the office. That's what you're going to think in your last few minutes of life. Why did I do that? The Bible says we're fleeting. We're here for just a moment. We're just like a mist, it says in James. And it's true. It is. And so we have to think through this, and we need to prioritize it as young as you possibly can. Because, guys, listen to me. If you, all you do in life is work for more stuff, and you never try to achieve what you can only get through the Holy Spirit, through the righteous peace and joy, you're going to have a very empty life. Because the stuff's going to always, always, always wear thin. I knew this lady in Tallahassee many, many years ago. And the only thing she could do is basically buy more stuff, buy more stuff. This is why so many people get caught up in credit card debt. They got to have this towel. They got to have this, you know, this toy. They have to have this. They have to have that. They have to have this. They have to have that. And they're willing for that endorphin release to buy more stuff on their credit cards, buy more stuff, buy more stuff, buy more stuff, so they can feel good about their purchase and continue to get those, like, you know, slot machine things when you go oh my gosh i got all apples or i got all pears and oh i feel so good now look at me ding 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 that's exactly how they set up social media they realize that human beings are like that and they set up the social media algorithms like slot machines so that all of a sudden oh i got a like oh i got this oh i got that oh i got this oh i got that oh look at me oh look at me how important i am look what i've done 
It's all based on manipulation. This all goes back to Edward Bernays, who was a Sabbatean Kabbalist, Luciferian, synagogue of Satan, Luciferian weirdo, with his buddy Sigmund Freud, who was the same, that was his cousin. They're both the same. They're both Satanists to basically learn how to manipulate the human psyche in order to want more stuff. Because isn't that what Jesus says? The love of money is the root of all evil. It's the avarice, the love of money. It's not the money. It's the love of money because you can never get enough. Remember I talked about this in Angel Wars. Satan was involved in commerce on this planet in the beginning. As you go back and forth to heaven to the other dimensions and lead praise and worship up there to God Almighty. He was a cherub, cherubim. And what ended up happening is he got oh so beguiled and he became so full of pride that he thought he could usurp God Almighty. Think about this for a second. This is how stupid this is. God is omnipresent. He's omniscient. He's omnipotent. He knows everything. He sees everything. He's everywhere all at once in all time, space. And Lucifer thinks he's going to sneak up on him in a space fleet and basically invade heaven. It's all these different ships that are still running around. You see that. We've talked about it in Angel Wars. And like, you know, God didn't know what was going to happen in advance. I mean, he saw it in advance. He's already in the future. He's already there. And so what's so funny about all of this stuff is we sit back and we watch it and we go, what the heck was he thinking? There's, there's no way you can defeat an omnipresent God because he already knows what you're going to do, you know, 100 years, 1,000 years in the future. He, he, he can't. He already, he's already there. And what's ironic is that it's the, it's the guile. It's, it's, he was, it, it was just this, the avarice, the greed of what he wanted so badly he thought he could use God. Why do you think he still does what he does right now? Why does he run around as a roaring lion seeking those he, he may devour right now? Because he knows that his time is limited. And like we talked about in Angel War, he's trying to find some way to get God to give him a plan of escape, you know, a plan of salvation, a plan of redemption. And so that's why they make the same mistakes over and over and over and over again because that's all they care about. It's the avarice and the greed. The love of money is the root of all evil. By the way, this is interesting. Undeniable severe injuries after the HPV vaccination. The HPV vaccination, a golden shield or a double-edged sword. Collection of documented evidence is presented for serious inquiries with Gardasil. The existence is undeniable. Uh, you know, you know there's this, I'm going to post this article, and it's talking about in detail of what's happened. That they say, our Paula is gone. You know, so she was a normal, healthy young girl. Since taking the HPV vaccine, she can no longer walk and now relies on a wheelchair. Our Paula is gone, her father says. You know, according to the Epic Times documentary Under the Skin on May the 26, 2022, Paula received her first HMP Babylonian virus vaccination on June the 25th. Okay, just a month later, she called her father, crying at the bus stop, and needed him to come quickly to get her. She could no longer feel her legs. The pain in her back became unbearable, and then her back went numb. Guys, listen to me. The HPV vaccine, the human Babylonian virus vaccine, is one of the worst ever they've ever put out. And it doesn't work, number one. It's not even effective. And number two, it causes all types of paralysis and other types of conditions. You need to avoid it no matter what with your children. Talk to them and talk to them and talk to them about this. Here's another article from the Rational Ground by Justin Hart. It says, ignoring the heart of the matter, how myocarditis became the silent scandal of the COVID-19 vaccination. It started slowly at first, a trickle of concerning reports that something wasn't right in January 21. Just weeks after the rollout of the COVID vaccines, the cases of myocarditis began cropping up. Myocarditis is an inflammation of the heart muscle. had never been linked to vaccines before. So when 28 cases were reported in the U.S. to vaccine adverse reporting systems, there's less than one month, it raised eyebrows. By February, the trickle had become a stream. There's now received 64 more reports. Then in March, 
Israel 3 military force are reporting myocarditis. In March, the FDA authorized Johnson & Johnson vaccine without a whisper of myocarditis. The CDC soon recommended it for all adults, colleges, and businesses started mandating the shots. It was full speed ahead. Guys, this thing with myocarditis and pericarditis you know, Lee Merritt, Lee, Lee um, I believe her name was Dr. Lee Merritt was on the show here a couple of years ago, and she said this is a five-year fatality. Like 50% of the people that have this will be dead within five years, and it's hitting a lot of young people. You know, athletes falling dead on soccer fields and football fields all after taking this kill shot, this clot shot. I've met so many people now that have been so sick from the shot, and they're having all kinds of health problems. I mentioned that earlier this week, and they're not getting better because of what it's done to their immune system. And they're in such remorse because of what they've done. And also it's affected people's minds and their brains because it's cut the blood off to the brain and their entire lives have been changed. They've they've forever changed. Another interesting story came out with Paul Craig Roberts who says, has the Me Too movement ever brought a charge against immigrant invaders who raped Swedish women and, and British children? Hmm. Nope, they have not. How about all the girls who got raped in Germany and Cologne? few years ago. Remember that on New Year's Eve? They, laid them out the, they put them down on the doggone pavers, on the doggone cobblestone streets, and raped them right there in front of everybody, put a circle around them. Thousands of women were attacked and molested that one night. Has any charges ever been brought against any of these guys? This is an interesting article. It says, why Russell Brand is unlikely to face actual justice. Trial by the media and public opinion leaves no room for the accused to defend themselves. And that's the whole idea. Last week, the controversial comedian star Russell Brand became the latest high-profile target of the Me Too movement because he started waking up and started telling the truth. This is what happened. I also talked about this yesterday. This could not come as a complete surprise given his celebrity status and sordid history of self-confessed promiscuity. Brand has been a potential target and waiting for some years, and it will probably just a matter of time before the movement zero in on him. The attack on Brand followed the well-rehearsed standard Me Too modus operandi, a number of anonymous women none of whom could ever hope to attain the celebrity status of their male target, have accused Brand of various kinds of sexual misconduct, including, most seriously, rape. Wow. And I don't care for Russell Brand, okay? I don't care for him. But the reality is that he's been targeted because he started telling the truth about certain things. These alleged acts occur some years ago, and none were reported to police at the time. They never are when they supposedly occurred. They never are reported to the police, nor have these acts been reported to the police even now. They just come forward and make these absolute ridiculous claims that so-and-so did such-and-such and so-and-so. And all of a sudden, people don't know what to say because there's no proof of anything they're saying. No proof whatsoever. They were never, there was never a police report filed. But yet now, five years later, ten years later, oh, he raped me back in you know, 2021 or 2022, or, or he raped me back in, you know, in 2005 or 2006. And you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why didn't you go to the police when you got raped? Oh, no, no, no. Well, no, what happened? And I'm going to say it. I'm going to be I've got to be careful. In the, not in all cases, because that could have happened. But in the vast majority of the time, the sex, if it ever even happened at all, was consensual. I'm just going to say that. And then what happens is because he didn't basically develop a relationship with them because he didn't call them back and send them roses and decide to go ahead and have a relationship with them and buy them a new car or whatever he could have done, they get angry. Because they think they've touched the, they've won the lottery with Russell Brand, and now they're going to have a relationship with him, and now they don't any longer. Because they're like, wow, what happened? Well, now all of a sudden, four or five years later, it's now, well, he raped me. He didn't rape you. You had consensual relations with him. But now you want to say he raped you because you didn't get what you wanted out of him. Now, I'm not saying that happens every time because sometimes he could have raped somebody. And somebody that's, but I'm being, I'm being real here right now. But I've seen this over and over in the media and what they do. 
and how they pick a certain person who they want to defrock or take down, and they start making all these ridiculous claims that nobody can prove about that individual. Ask yourself a question. Why is the mainstream media picking this up? Is he, is he the story of the month? Are they trying to obfuscate something else in the machinations behind the scene, and he's just a pawn in the game being used? Well, that's obviously what happened with this. And see that you, know, you see you say you see the same thing with Snowden and all the rest of these guys and all you know Julian Assange, all the rest of the stuff. They all get picked up by the media. They start getting eviscerated. Whether they did anything wrong or didn't do anything wrong, it didn't make any difference. They get targeted by the media, and I've seen this happen so many times over the years because that same media controls the bank the banks control that same media that same media they're all controlled by state street vanguard and blackrock who are controlled by the sabotage cabalist luciferian synagogue of satan rothschild banking cartels that they control the entire planet and when they decide they're going to pick on somebody and take somebody down they go out of full steam because it makes a news headline for two or three weeks and they can obfuscate whatever else and other, other the other machinations like i just mentioned that are going on behind the scenes this happens all the time, particularly bad about this when we have hurricanes and storms. There's all kinds of other things you're doing behind the scenes because they're covering things up so they don't make the mainstream news. The mainstream news is orchestrated theater. That's all it is, and they pick what they want to talk about, and they pick the stuff they want to basically make news and not make news. That's why you can watch them on YouTube. Like You'll have the top 50 stations, and they'll all be reading the exact same script because they're owned by the exact same people. That's why our script is the word of God. Our script is basically Jesus. Our script is the Most High God. Our script basically comes to us from the Word of God through the filling of the Holy Spirit so that we'll know what we're supposed to say all the days of our life rather than have this media come in and lie about everybody all the time. Be very careful what you read. Be very careful what you listen to. Remember, believe none of what you hear and half of what you see. That's what my mom used to always say. Don't believe anything you hear and only half of what you personally see because even if you see it, it could be staged. We see that with a lot of these false life shootings everywhere now. Also, what do you think, buddy? And what's your next story? Yeah, we see it with almost everything in general now. I mean, this theater show that they've continually done with Ukraine, this Lazinski stooge, and how they're now saying in the federal government that even though if the federal government has a shutdown and basically the funding, that they're still going to continue to send funds to Ukraine. The whole thing's theater. It's all staged. The whole entire thing is a platform. So a giant theater. And this is what we're watching on a regular basis. That's why I don't get into a lot of these articles very often due to the fact that most of it's just obfuscation to keep people distracted. And they know that nobody can do anything about it because this is the level of what the deep state has now ensued. And this is why – I mean like yesterday I told you guys in detail. That, I mean now we've got the former FBI director discussing the fact that they didn't even know. They had to do a full-blown audit to even try to figure out how many confidential informants they had hired to send to the Capitol on January 6th. I mean, think about that for a second. They couldn't even come up with a number on how many FBI informants they had that were paid to be there from all over the country from FBI substations they sent them there, not to mention the countless dozens of actual FBI agents and dozens of DHS agents that were all undercover. Why did any of this information ever get brought up two and a half years ago? Hmm? Why was this information brought to light right after it happened? Well, because they didn't want anybody knowing about it. They wanted to make sure they could get these charges, these indictments, and this theater show, and this January 6th investigation so they could put it on the mainstream media platform for the last two years. If this would have come out a week after that would have happened, everybody would have gone, Okay, well, we obviously know what happened now. We obviously know the whole thing was staged, like many of us knew. 
Now we got evidence. That's why it's taking so long to come out. Now, after all these guys have been sentenced, some of them up to 20 years in prison. No, no oh, by the way, it was, it was all FBI agents. Everybody there that pretty much had their face covered was a fed boy or a paid fed boy. Total snitch. Just there to literally start ruckus and incite other people to also start ruckus and then just slowly step out because they're completely immune because they're an FBI agent or they're an FBI informant. The whole thing was a complete and total setup to draw in millions of patriots from all over the country and continue to use it as fodder now, as theater, as an excuse why we need more restrictions and domestic terrorism is so bad. I told you guys, well, it was probably a year and a half ago, a year ago. Dad and I had gone to Walgreens, had to grab something that were random, and they had Time Magazine, most influential photos of all time, Time Magazine. And everything was pretty much mainly in black and white, for exception of a few photos. And we were scrolling through it. There were some crazy photos, stuff from World War II, stuff from basically Vietnam, and just wild photos, man. Some of them were actually pretty good. And so we're flipping through, and all of a sudden, you get in the middle of the book, middle of Time Magazine. It was a big, 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 giant, you know, like full magazine, not just like regular magazine, like a book. And you get the centerfold, the middle of the book, double-paged, full-color photo of January 6th protest, of the protesters standing in front of the Capitol, where it shows right to the side, the January 6th insurrection, where American citizens tried to overthrow the government. Full-color, double photo, right in the middle, as pretty much they're stating this is the most influential photo of the last hundred years in the United States, and we're giving a full-blown, middle-page, centerfold, full-color coverage. Hmm. Kind of like they're trying to make sure it stays like that. Because haven't we found out now, after so many wars, pretty much it doesn't really matter who actually wins the war. It doesn't really matter who starts the war. It doesn't really matter who has you know the benefits of the war. All it really matters is who writes the history books after the war, and it continues to change the perception of people. Look at what happened with you know the Civil War. Look how that has changed completely from what it was. Look at World War One and World War Two and all the things behind that. Look at Vietnam. Golly, the, the, nobody wants to talk about any of the reasons for that as far as what the whole reason that we were involved in that war with the drugs and everything else. Look at back what happened with the Iraq War and what we did after 9-11. In the invasion and all the fighting that ensued over there and all the boys we lost and all the guys that never came back the same because Saddam Hussein had weapons of mass destruction that he never had and that Afghanistan and Iraq were never involved with anything with 9-11 whatsoever. Oh, that's right. That's not what they told us back in 2001, nor when they gave us the Patriot Act. This is why it's so important that no matter what happens, no matter what that you know what the truth is and you continue to get it out there because there's going to be a lot of theater that's continually to happen. There's going to be a lot more lies because as this regime, I guess you could say, with the deep state is becoming more and more desperate to hold the narrative because here's the problem that we're starting to watch for them. This is the issue for them. The lies and the false flags and the theater show is getting so extravagantly bizarre and the lies are becoming so big and they're becoming so insane and they're becoming so unbelievable that a large portion of the population is starting to not believe anything they're saying. Even though a whole bunch of us never believed it from the beginning, there's a general population that's been pretty naive that they're starting to realize every single thing we're being told is a lie on a regular basis. And the thing about this is we're governed through consent. We, the people, and we saw this during COVID, that's why COVID was such an experiment. That's all COVID was. It was an experiment in a depopulation agenda. 
It was one gigantic psychological operation experiment to see what the population would take, what they would accept, what they would consent to, what they would go along with, what they would, what they would essentially allow to become the new normal as you have now the, the new learned normal. And we saw it. That's why now it still surprises me to no end. Even down here in Florida, I'm still going out places now. And there's still people – obviously it's voluntary because nobody in Florida is ever forcing anybody to wear a mask again. There's a general population of Florida that I go everywhere, and they're all wearing masks still. I saw the other day there was a lady that it looks like she – it was in downtown Auburn. She was across the street with her two kids, maybe six, seven years old, and her. All three of them wearing masks as they crossed the street to basically go into this store in downtown Auburn. And I just looked at it, and I was in my truck, and I shook my head, and I was like, what? What what is going on? Is this is, it my, is this really happening with some people? Are they really doing this now? You got six and seven year olds that are grabbing their mask and taking it off and on all day, filling it with all types of bacteria, and sweating in it, and spitting in it, and coughing in it, and you're making them wear it, and you're outside of all things, like you're literally outside, ninety eight degrees. Yeah, that's that's the power of the mainstream media. That's the power of fear if you allow yourself to be overtaken by it. That's why I say all the time, give in the spirit of fear. One of the easiest ways to do that, first off, is to have trust in Christ. But secondly, also to be confident in yourself and understand how to handle yourself and your family and your situation and be essentially self-sufficient. Once you start realizing, you start understanding that if it is to be, it's up to you, so to speak, with current situations – that you're the one that's going to be there, that you're the one that has to take care of it, that there is no Donald Trump riding in on a white horse that's going to save the day, that there is no political figure that's going to come in that's going to save the day, that it's up to you. You've got to figure out how to handle your situation as best as possible. You start realizing, okay, this is what it is, and you accept that. You realize fear has no place in any aspect because fear just makes you slow down. Fear paralyzes you. Hesitation gets you killed. I say that all the time. I used to say it all the time. We were on motorcycles. I used to ride crotch rockets back in the day and race them, and I was blessed by God to stay alive over the many years of driving like I should not have on a motorcycle. That was my past. I don't drive. I don't own any motorcycles anymore. Still miss them. Still love them, but I don't ride them anymore. Just traffic's crazy, and it's just – it's a fast way to die in the state of Florida on a crotch rocket. But I learned – you know, we'd always talk about them. We'd go out riding all the time is on those bikes – you do not have the luxury of hesitating. You're in tight situations. You have to make literally split-second situations when you're at high speed and you're around other vehicles and people are pulling out in front of you. And you have to pretty much assume that everybody on the road is trying to kill you when you're on a motorcycle. And if you maintain that mentality and you really are sharp with your eyes and your reflexes, you probably can stay alive in the state of Florida. Granted, you don't do anything stupid on a motorcycle. But again, all, there's also been other times that I've seen people that are pretty sharp riders and, you know, there's, there's a kid that was in downtown Auburndale that I knew very well that we'd ride with. He was on PK Avenue, and he basically got cut in half with a Bronco. It was a graphic accident. You know, showed up to it. And it was one of those things where it was like speeding too fast, cross traffic, pulled out, Bronco bumper caught him. He caught it right in the hip. What happens, man? That's why it's so important with any situation, not just vehicles or motorcycles. You have a situation. You've got to take it. You've got to take charge of it right now. You can't hesitate on it, especially comes when it comes to self-defense of you and your family. When seconds count, you don't have the luxury of wasting them. So something I would just want to throw out there and encourage others to do the same. Also, too, in other news, this is interesting. 
now it's barely – and this, this clown show we're watching now, and you think it can't get any more bizarre. It can't get any more ridiculous. They're now stating that the Biden administration is planning on giving photo ID cards, pretty much like driver's licenses from DHS, as a secure docket card to every single person that crosses the border now once they basically sign up. The leaked images of the photo ID cards for illegal aliens were published showing space for the carrier's photo, QR code, and information about the carrier, including their name and age, similar to a driver's license or state-issued ID. The ID cards as part of the DHS program will be used by Transportation Security Administration at airports to access and to access public benefits. I can't make this up. They're literally giving them DHS federal ID cards so they can use them to travel and get public benefits and you know what else they're just going to happen to use these for oh you already know it's going to be listed and accepted as a voter id card you can't come up with anything more bizarre than this golly dude we're literally watching an invasion of this country and we're being laughed at by the entire world nobody nobody in their right mind with any formidable country would ever allow this to happen much less encourage it and we're watching it right now with pretty much like i said this was the globalist agenda from the very beginning. This is what they're going to keep pushing and doing. Act accordingly, stay prepared, and stay alert. What do you think, Tim? Well, you know, well, all we can do is, you know, act accordingly, stay prepared, and stay alert. That's it. That's all we can do. And if you, if you want to watch, if you really want to read the machinations of behind the scenes, read The Bad War by Mike King. It's free PDF. They took his stuff off of, you know, Amazon. If you put everything up for free – you get a PDF. I've posted it many times at Health Masters news site, and and basically you need to watch that. You need to read that book. You need you need to understand the bad war. It'll give you a complete alternative to World War II against what we were taught. Because Austin said, you know, the victors write the write the books. This book. My mom was in Germany during World War II. My grandfather, my my and Opa, was in Germany during World War II. And this book aligns up with what they told me happened. I mean, like to the point. So I mean, to verbatim. And so, you know, I just I don't know what to say because, you know, it's just the lies, the never ending lies that were being told about Ukraine, about 9-11, about the attack on the USS Liberty back in 1967, the never ending lies that were told about everything. Remember what Casey said, CIA head? We'll know that we've done our job at the CIA when everything that every American believes is a lie. Remember that, William Casey? And that's what they've done. They've come in now, and they've just lied to everybody, and they've stuck our head in the dirt. And they said, by the way, don't pull your head out of the dirt. We're going to keep telling you lies, keep feeding you more hogwash, and that way we can control the narrative on everything, and we can make you slaves. And now we see this new world order coming in with these kill shots and clot shots, and we realize this was the end game all along. It was population control and the destruction of the nuclear family and basically coming in now and just forcing us back into a feudal system. That's where this is. That's where it's going. And so we see it. That's why the biggest problem they have with the United States is the Second Amendment. It is. I mean, they've they've already taken away our rights to talk. You know, people were charged in January the sixth and sent to prison who were never even at January the sixth who just talked. And the, the people are basically are still going to be sent to prison for ten, fifteen, twenty years that are still in jail and being held without bond from January sixth because they walked into a Capitol building and didn't even do anything. 
because they're trying to find out more and more stuff they can to charge them on or to get to them to a point where they become so debilitated and so depressed from being in jail with the, with the treatment they get in there that they're going to go ahead and do plea bargain just to get it over with. So they can go ahead and apply the time they've been in jail to basically the sentencing. That's where this is going. And Donald Trump, Donald Trump, the Venus flytrap of the Republican Party that was designed to be put in a garden of weeds to eat patriots. Good analogy, by the way. We talked about that the other day. Uh, he had no ability at that point as far as in his career and his politician career to go in and basically pardon these patriots because he didn't want to do it, and he was being told what to do, and he's being orchestrated. He should have pardoned himself, his family, and every person who was at January the 6th, period, against federal charges, period. That's what should have been done, and that way he would be all this crazy nonsense from behind the scenes and all these crazy lies and all this manipulation that we've had to deal with in the press for the past two and a half years would have stopped. It would have just stopped. But Donald Trump did what he was told. Remember? Number one award, Kabbalah Tree of Life Award. And by the way, the other day I talked about Brad Metzler decoded and about the spear of destiny and the scene in the church. And I looked it back up on our news feed, and that video has been taken down. And you have to watch it now through like a subscription or whatever. If you guys could find me that, again, somebody who's listening today, Brad Metzler decoded the Spear of Destiny, the last five, ten minutes of the show or the entire show on YouTube or one of the alternative stations you know, that we have out there now, like Rumble or whatever, and send it to me. I will repost it. And I know that you guys you know, love to do that kind of stuff and you love to help me with that. You have to ask Dr. Ted B at Yahoo.com is, is my email. I've caught up on all the email now as far as that. Ask Dr. Ted B at Yahoo.com. But guys, it's so important to understand who runs the behind-the-scenes machinations, and that's why I had to do Angel Wars. Man, that thing took a long time to put together. It really was a lot of work, but I tell you what, it was worth every bit of it. Paul Craig Roberts has a really good article, and he's really about white people. Well, he's, he's a white person, but he, he always likes to write about white people because we're being basically taken out. And you know, I, I was talking to Austin yesterday. We were driving around, and you're talking about what's happening to the whites and how we're being basically marginalized and, and destroyed as a, you know, as a race. And he goes, well, at least we were once here. And I said, we've allowed our own you know, destruction by not listening to the truth. We've allowed our own destruction by not pointing out the people that are doing this stuff to us. And this article says no diversity for white persons. Diversity is used in the Western world to water down white ethnic diversity. The ethnic existence of every white ethnicity, British, Swedish, German, French, Italian, Dutch, is being obliterated by massive numbers of immigrant invaders, as John Rispal's novel, The Camp of the Saints, predicted. The United States once required immigrants to assimilate and become Americans, but this was terminated. Today, Americans are supposed to celebrate diversity, which means being overrun by immigrants from other cultures with different languages and different values and behavior. Allegedly, this enriches us, but in fact, it does what it is, what it does, but in fact, what it does is to water down our culture and to make room for the migrant invaders. Not even the English language is required. Haven't you noticed that many businesses you call now answer in Spanish and English? Austin and I were talking about that yesterday. It can't take long before there will be a Hispanic president. The entirety of the Western world is being destroyed by multiculturalism. There is no difference between multiculturalism and the Tower of Babel. We talked about that in Angel Wars. It's a collection of peoples who do not speak the same language, do not share the same values, who have no understanding that a nation consists of a homogenous population. A population divided by diversity politics cannot come together to oppose the government opposition because they are each, uh, they are at each other's throats. The European Union serves to destroy European identities by merging ethnic nations into a multicultural sameness. 
French, German, Italians, Dutch lose their presence in history and become European. The EU also undermines the European identity by having millions of third world migrant invaders pour into Europe. This further waters down the ethnicity of the European countries. And Gaddafi warned us that this would happen if you took Libya down and took him down. What would happen as far as the migration into Europe? And that's why Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama did that. Everywhere in the U.S., there are ads encouraging white women to marry blacks or to be in a sexual relationship with them producing non-white children. The encouragement continues despite evidence of little that, that white women married to black men or sexual relationships with black men suffer a high murder rate. Americans have become an associate people accustomed to the tales of their own greatness, have little, if any, concept of their danger. They're already second-class citizens under the law of the United States. Their advancement is held back in order to advance blacks with race-based university admissions, employment, and promotions. In public school, white children are taught not to trust their parents, and that they and their parents are racist and responsible for slavery and the oppression of black people of color. They're also taught that they might not be the gender in their physical body, body indicates, trying to imagine the confusion introduced at such an early age. Essentially, the white population is being destroyed in its culture, in its physical existence, in its own mentality. Does the Western world have the capability of saving itself? Do white people understand their vulnerability? If they don't, they are history. Now, I, re- I read that to you in its entirety. I don't normally don't do that. But here's the thing. I don't have a problem if a white person marries a black person or vice versa, I don't care about any of that stuff. I don't care. He, he, he mentions that in there. But what, I, what, I, what, he, what he's saying is that that's being promoted as the normal in order to create genetic diversity. I know a lot of black people that don't want to marry white people. They have no interest in it. They want to maintain their genetic diversity. And so we need to understand that all of this stuff is being pushed to us as multiculturalism in a way to destroy the fabric and the homogeneity of the country itself. That's what he's saying here. So we need to understand all of this stuff is happening around us as we speak. Whether we want it to or not, it's the ones who run the country and the world. This is satanic. This is the new world order. This is, the, this is what they want. They want a mestizo race. I heard about that all the way back in grade school, back in forever ago, you know, 50 years ago. And guys, listen to me. It's important that we understand that as a white person or as a black person or as a Hispanic person in your own country, you've got to maintain the consistency of your own culture. If you come into another country like the United States, you have to learn how to meld in and speak the language of that country. Don't be coming to our country and be running a big Mexican flag on the back of your pickup truck. All that does is just picture I almost said a bad word. It hacks off everybody here who's an American who loves this country. If you think Mexico is that good, stay in Mexico. If you think in Honduras is that good, stay in Honduras. If you think Costa Rica is that good, stay in Costa Rica. If you think that Germany is that good, stay in Germany or Russia or China or stay where you want to stay. Come to the United States, be an American, speak English, and realize that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us because we at one time were a Christian nation. I hope we can get it back again. Always keep your feet grounded in the word of God. Always have the full armor of God on and stand your ground and realize that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. For this is the day the Lord hath made, and we will rejoice in it. Even if the pastors in the pulpit won't preach the truth, you're going to hear from me in Austin. I love you guys. Have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Austin, finish it up, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's no question about it. I mean, it's, I've told people that before, wherever you go, and if, you know, if I'm, if I decided I was going to, you know, move somewhere in Europe, you know, I'm going to learn a different language and assimilating with the culture. That's what I'm doing. I'm moving there. It's my choice. I'm actively going there. But what they've done now is they've intentionally encouraged a lot of these groups that have moved here to basically 
they they pretty much talk bad about the United States while they move here and get all free stuff. I've watched it and heard it personally. And to me, that's just an absolute insult to everybody here, especially all of us that are paying taxes <laughs> for everybody to get all the free stuff. Because I don't get any free stuff at all. I just get asked to pay more taxes, which is always a joy. And so, yeah, and I don't – I mean it, that's the question too is I don't know where everybody's working at now. You know, It's like so many people are just disappearing from the workforce and so many people are trying to get people to work for them and can't find any good help. And uh, it's just weird, strange time we live in these days. I guess you could say that to say the least. So again, this is why I encourage everyone continue to – Get the truth out there. Thank you for forwarding the show and forwarding the articles and continuing to just encourage one another, whether it be your friends, whether it be your family, whether it be acquaintances, encourage others to do the same. The more that people are vocal, the more that people have open topic conversations, the more that people can have debates, healthy debates, and get stuff out there and say, hey, listen, let's talk about this. What do you think about this? And not everybody's going to agree on stuff. That's perfectly fine. It's your right. You don't have to agree on stuff. You don't have to simply shut your mouth and turn your head and put your head and face the ground because somebody said something you don't agree with. You should say, no, I don't agree with you. Done. Done deal. And that's the culture that we're looking at. It's they're, they're, they're trying to degrade that from the left and remove that and dissolve it from anybody else doing it while they're the ones who are most flamboyantly promoting perversion, but nobody else is allowed to question it. That's not okay. Never. So continue to talk, my friends. Get the truth out there. Be sure to check out the product of the week, the vitamin C, on sale right now at healthmasters.com. And also check out the joint rebuilding formula as well on the front page. Have a blessed, safe, awesome weekend, my friend. Stay strong and healthy as always. And we'll be back with you on this show Monday as always. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.